0: I going to talk about the idea that depression is all in your head before I go on, I want to ask that if you're listening, you listen to the end. There is one very literal way that depression is all in your head. It's all in your head the same way arthritis is all in your joints or a heart attack is all in your heart. It takes place in your head. It does not only affect your brain though, same as how a heart attack does not only affect your heart. Other than that, it is in fact not all in your head, as in made up, not real, or a choice. Now, I realize my views on this topic might just offend everyone who hears this, but getting out correct information is important, and it's okay to disagree with others, and possible to do so and still get along. Which is also why I ask, you listen to the end. You might just like what you hear. Let's first talk about the it's all in your head train of thought. Then we will discuss it being a choice or a person's ability to choose to be happy. I'd like to point out, to start, that never in the history of people having depression has anyone ever been helped by someone saying, it's all in your head. If you've said that in the past though, don't fear, you can correct yourself in the future. If at the end of this, you believe that depression is not an illness, but is made up or just in someone's head, that's okay. You are entitled to your opinion. But since it isn't helpful for someone struggling with depression to hear that, regardless of our personal opinions, let's follow the age-old rule. If you don't have something nice to say, well, you know how it goes. Also, I always tell my kids, think before you speak. Is it nice? Is it helpful? Is it true? If it isn't, let's not share it. Now to tackle some of the science behind the illness of depression and really the science behind how we think and feel as human beings. To do this, I'm going to refer to my favorite book ever, I call it The Yellow Bible. It is long, but it is a good read to anyone who likes thinking about thoughts or thinking about feelings, anyone who has depression or anyone who cares about someone with depression or anyone or anyone or anyone. You guys are going to hear me say that over and over, because I think everyone can benefit from having these type of, types of conversations and from reading this book. Anyway, it's called Feel Good, The New Mood Therapy. It's by David D. Burns, who is an MD. In his book, he says, depression is not an emotional disorder. That might be surprising to some people, because we often think of depression as feelings. We relate it to sadness, anger, loneliness. Or other feelings. But he compares those feelings, the feelings you have from depression, to a runny nose caused by a cold. The runny nose is not the cause of the cold, the germs are, but it is a product of the cold. So the feelings depression causes are not the cause of depression, rather a product of it. So in this case, what is the cause? What are the germs? He says, When you have depression, every bad feeling you have is a result of your negative thinking. Every bad feeling. So depression is not an emotional disorder, it is a cognitive one, a thinking illness, which I think we all know on some level, and that might be why we say you can choose to be happy, because if your bad feelings are caused by your negative thoughts well, then just change your thoughts, right? For a minute, let's stick with the thoughts and feelings train of thought, and then I will get back to the choosing. He goes on to explain how thoughts and feelings relate to each other. He says, you feel the way you think. Let me sum up a a section from the book that explains this because I feel like it explains it better than I can. So in the book, he says, we start with the world. The world, a series of positive, neutral, and negative events. We then interpret these events through a series of thoughts that continually flow through our minds. This is called our internal dialogue. Our feelings are then created by our thoughts and not the actual events. All experiences must be processed through our brains and given a conscious meaning before we can experience any emotional response. So now we can see the relationship between thoughts and feelings, and we can understand feelings are not the cause of depression. We see that it falls to the thoughts. He says, it is a neurological fact that before you can experience any event, you process it with your mind and give it meaning. You must understand what is happening to you before you can feel it. Now, here's the important part. If your understanding of what, a, of what is happening around you accurate your emotions will be normal if your perception is twisted and distorted in some way your emotional response will be abnormal that my friends is depression it is the distortion it is the mental static in your brain I guess here would be the best place to quickly talk about the idea that people can choose to be happy so I do agree with that statement in general I do not agree with it when it comes to depression. Here's why for both cases. I've known people, and we probably all have, who have chosen to be happy despite less than desirable circumstances. This is what I was saying before. If your bad feelings are caused by negative thoughts and not actual events, then you do have the ability, the power, to change those thoughts, even if those events are negative and the events don't change. But with depression... The person suffering from it has cognitive distortions. When suffering from depression, we do still have tools. We do still have choice, but with the cognitive distortions, it is not all black and white. Lots of times, it is hard to see the choice that is right in front of us. So yes, a person can choose, but can you make a choice you can't see? It gets a little bit tricky in there. It's like if I had a brownie in one hand, and a carrot in the other hand, and you wanted the brownie. So I put my hands behind my back and said, just pick the brownie. You can pick it. Go ahead. Only even that is way more simplified, but you get the idea. That is one of the reasons why I'm doing these podcasts, because with the right view, the right tools, those choices become a little more clear. Look, there are always choices we can make. And with the right tools, we can shine light on the choices to make them more visible to those with depression and those without. Sometimes we can't make all of the choices, or we can't make them all the time, but we can do some things. Now, depending on where a person is in their depression, if they have the right tools, they can make choices that help lessen the effects of their depression. I had a doctor explain it to me like this. She said, depression is like diabetes. Some people can control their diabetes with diet and exercise, and others need that and insulin to control the symptoms. Depression's the same way. Some people can manage their depression with choices, diet, exercise, connections, sleep, writing practices, talking through the emotions, etc. Others need that plus antidepressants. Now, when a person is successfully managing their diabetes, either with or without insulin, does that mean they no longer have diabetes? No, but they are decreasing the symptoms and effects, the effects on their body as well as their life. So it's the same with depression. A person managing their depression, either with or without medicine, still has depression. But they are able to decrease the symptoms and the effects. And believe me, depression has both mental and physical symptoms. I will dedicate another podcast to the tools that help manage depression. But there are lots, and they differ in how much they help from person to person and depending on how deep a person is in their depression. Some of them are easier to do sometimes and others easier other times. And I've had times when all I could do was wait it out, so to speak, to get to a place when I could practice one of those tools and see the choice enough to make a decision. And to be honest, these tools are not only for managing depression, but they are for all of us. They're tools that would help anyone design their life, design their mind the way they want it to be. They can help anyone be mentally and emotionally strong. So what can we learn from this practical application? If you know someone with depression, it won't help to tell them it's all in their head or to just choose to be happy. Chances are it will hurt or anger them. Instead, try to connect with them via text, social media, or in person. Be patient with them as you do try to connect. Lots of times, my answer is going to be, be patient. If you are close to them, ask if they would like to talk about how they're feeling, but be okay if they say no. Sometimes it helps to talk about it, and other times it makes it worse. They know which is which. And if you can think of nothing else, let them know you support them. You could simply say, I'm sorry you're struggling. Or you can ask if there's anything you could do to help. But only ask if you're sincere, though, because in my experience, one of the first things to go when my depression comes on is the ability to tell what someone means versus what they actually say. And if you're listening for yourself, whether you have depression or not, Look for ways you can strengthen your mind and become more mentally and emotionally strong. Remember that our emotions come from our thoughts, and our thoughts come from how we view events in our lives. So if you're experiencing emotions you don't like, work backwards. Try to think about what thoughts caused those emotions. What events caused those thoughts? This is where we check ourselves. Are we perceiving the event accurately? This is a good reminder of how important our thoughts are, and in David said in his book that we have a series of thoughts that continually flow through our minds. He called this our internal dialogue. Sometimes those thoughts come with no effort on our part. If they go unchecked, unchallenged, unchanged, they will shape our emotions. So let's challenge our internal dialogues. What are they saying about ourselves, about those we love? about life, about challenges. Is there mental static happening in our brains, causing us to have those emotions we don't want? Emotions that are abnormal or negative. I'll have to dedicate a podcast or two to the most common thinking errors we have because once you know them, it is so much easier to see them for what they are. For now, let's all work on checking the reality of our thoughts versus the event that caused them. Let me know in a comment or a message what else you guys would like to discuss next. Maybe the tools that we can use to be emotionally strong. Uh, Maybe you want to discuss thinking errors or whatever else you'd like to talk about. And as always, thanks for listening.